You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, animal advocate, writer, and human companion to Max A. Pooch, canine crusader for animals and the environment. Max and I thank you for joining us, and we dedicate this episode as we dedicate every episode to those amazing people who work to save the lives and or improve conditions of companion, domestic, or wild animals. Our guest today is Pam Fernicola, founder and owner of Mobile Pet Microchipping, which is the only pet chipping service serving Los Angeles and Southern California. Many of us believe microchipping our pets is pretty straightforward and almost universal. We also believe that just because our pet is microchipped, everything is okay. When we return, Pam will discuss why these assumptions may be misconceptions that could lead to the loss of a loved pet. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm Keith Sanderson, your host, and our guest today is Pam Fernicola, founder and owner of Mobile Pet Microchipping. Hi, Pam. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. Good morning, and thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're really looking forward to it because I think uh, I'm like many in our audience. You know, I was under the assumption that you get your pet, he's microchipped, and everything's okay. But looking at your website, I see that I may not be right. But to start with, why did you create mobile pet microchipping, Pam? Mobile pet microchipping, the seed for mobile pet microchipping was planted when my own cat, Nugget, escaped and she was microchipped. However, she was subsequently euthanized because her chip was undetected by the city-run shelter where she had been taken. I won't know to this day whether it was because of the faulty equipment improperly maintained, whether it was improperly 
scanned by a technician or if, in fact, the scanner or reader was not up to date. It was simply tragic for me. Her registry information was current and up to date. Together with my finding a German Shepherd, well, she found me actually. She was about four months old running the local streets and in spite of the fact that I put up signs and, well, in this case, there were also no signs saying lost and neither did she have a tag or a collar or any other identification on her, including a tattoo. She was actually the impetus for my starting the business. Wow. Well, I, I guess that in itself is a good reason why people should microchip their pets. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. This dog is gorgeous, and I couldn't even imagine losing her, but the tragedy of losing Nugget was was simply good enough for me to start this. So and others to help others avoid that pain. Uh, that's great. That's great. Now, you know, many people have their dogs microchipped, and uh, a lot more have cats, but uh, do you recommend microchipping other pets? Absolutely. Any opportunity to increase chance of your pet being returned to you as quickly as possible is an opportunity we'd be foolish not to take advantage of. And what kind of pets and animals do you recommend? Well, on an emotional level, I definitely recommend microchipping any animal who who imparts to you a value that cannot even be gauged. But sentimental or monetary value are most often the tangible reasons given for microchipping. And the list of animals that can be microchipped is pretty extensive, but you know, a short version might include dogs, cats, horses, llamas, alpacas, goats, ferrets, rabbits, snakes, birds, all the way up to bears and elephants can be microchipped. I never realized that. And you said birds? Yes. I wish I would have known that. We had a cockatiel one time, and unfortunately, uh, one of the kids left the door open while he was out of his cage, and he flew the coop. And we hope somebody else found him, and that would be okay. But if he would have been chipped, then perhaps we would have gotten him back. Oh, I feel for you. I accidentally let my uh, son's finch out, and that happened to me. As far as microchipping birds, it's something I don't do. Birds require, well, I recommend that avian specialists microchip birds because in most cases they require a suture, in some cases general anesthesia, and the microchip goes directly into the breast muscle. So I really think that that's best left to an avian specialist. Your mobile pet microchipping, and you cover, wow, from San Diego to Orange County. That's actually, a big area. Or more? Yes, actually, all seven counties in Southern California. That's that a is, lot. And if so anybody can call you up and say, hey, I want a pet microchipped? Absolutely. Or they can even book an appointment online. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, is this a unique service? I mean, you said you're exclusive, the only one in your area. Are you aware of other people who have this kind of service in other parts of the country? No. After extensive research, I have not discovered anyone who is providing this service, nor to the degree of the service and products that we do provide. It's really cost prohibitive for a vet to maintain this kind of service because they have to take out an inordinate amount of equipment to each individual location. So I think keeping what I do to the barest minimum with the most effective amount of service and product is more beneficial to the public. 
what would it cost? I mean, say if I were in L.A., uh, typically do I pay for the microchip, the registration, uh, your time? Just how do you figure your compensation for doing such a valuable service? Now, if you're speaking directly to the service that I provide, that's different than how much can you expect to pay for a microchipping and registration because technically you get what you pay for. And unless an individual does research it and they can feel free to use my website as a comparative tool and together with having the knowledge of what precisely questions to ask, the prices could range anywhere from $10 to over $100. And that depends upon, again, what product and service they choose to receive. In my case, after researching what is provided by veterinary clinics, mobile clinics, such as you would find at a Petco or in any fundraising event, I give far and away the best product and service for the price. So my price is $65 and that's it. And of course, there's a $10, you know, travel charge outside just LA County proper, but that's it. Well, that seems pretty reasonable. I'm really surprised because I guess I just made the assumption that, at least with dogs, about every dog around was was microchipped. But uh, I guess that's a bad assumption to make. Well, you're correct in thinking that it's universal because the plethora of stories regarding pets being reunited with owners months or even years after they've gone missing leads us to believe that all pets are microchipped. Of course, in the UK and New Zealand, it's required, but here in the United States, with a combined 180 million dogs and cats and merely 102,000 practicing veterinarians, oh, together with misinformation pet owners acquire about microchipping, you know, which leads them to believe it's harmful or not necessary. The truth is the actual practice or implementation of microchipping is not universal enough. I mean, just in L.A., L.A. proper, we've got over two million dogs. That's a lot. Two million. Okay. And how many would you think are microchipped? Just a guess. (laughs) Just a guess. I couldn't venture a guess because the statistics vary every single day. I'm unable to even get a hold on them because sometimes they fleet. Well, this is for me personally because you can go to a myriad of different sites and you're going to get a lot of different information. But each company is trying to get as many microchipped as they can. But when you're looking at, you know, over 180 million pets, that's a lot. Now, you said company. So there's more than one company that you can get the chip from who manufactures the chip? And is there another company that then you can register? Is that how it works? Typically, it works in two ways. One, you get your pet microchip. If you choose your microchip provider, ordinarily, you would choose to register them with that company. If you don't choose it, then you have a choice later on of registering it with whom you want or the individuals surrendering the animal to you will register it with the company that they choose. But it's all about choice, and this is what people aren't realizing. They can choose their provider, and they can choose with whom they want to register or enroll the pet. Well, that's interesting because I just thought, like my vet would put a chip in, and he gives me the certification, and off I go. And I guess 
off I go naively thinking everything's okay. Most people do. In fact, most people who have their pets microchipped, if they aren't already registered before they leave that office or that facility, go home with their new dog and they are excited. So they throw the paperwork on the table and that's the end of it. The dog or cat or whatever animal is now effectively walking around with a useless chip because the owners forget to register. When 58% of the animals who are microchipped aren't registered, it's a loss. It's a loss completely and irrevocably because your animal is gone. Wow, that's something I hope that, you know, I'm going to take a check and look at the papers and see if I even can find them. And I hope uh, those in our audience do. And meanwhile, we need to take a break. But when we return, I'd love to hear what you have to say about the recovery rates of microchipped versus unmicrochipped pets. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson, music to your ears. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. So you can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm Keith Sanderson, your host, and our guest, Pam Fernicola of Mobile Pet Microchipping, will tell us a little bit about how microchipping can increase the rate of recovery of your lost pet. Pam, are there any statistics on microchip versus unmicrochip pets being recovered? Absolutely, Keith. The statistics, in fact, are pretty demonstrative and practically speak for themselves in favor of microchipping. One in three pets goes missing over the course of their lifetime. So when you look at it that way, the rate of return for a microchip dog over one who is not microchip jumps from 22% to 52%. For cats, 
the rate of return is an astonishing jump from 2% to 38%. And those statistics lead me to believe it's inarguable that microchipping has proven itself as an effective recovery and return tool. In addition, I believe firmly that the rate of return would increase dramatically provided owners keep their uh, information updated on a yearly basis. And like I referred to that 58% of those microchip pets not returned, it's because of that outdated information. Well, that certainly could be reason enough right there for anyone to uh, who has a pet that isn't microchipped to uh, get it microchipped or perhaps even to, when they're in at the vet to have them scan it just to make sure that chip is working. Would you say that's something that we should do also? Yes, I think on a yearly basis, one should make the effort to have the animal scanned to check the efficacy of the chip and to also make it a calendar thing like changing the batteries in your smoke detectors to check your up-to-date information in whatever registry you've chosen. Now, can you describe the microchipping procedure? Because for some reason, some people are against it and they provide reasons that it's uncomfortable for the animal or other things. And what's your take on that? Well, it's simple, only because I'm actually there to observe the animal's reaction to the process of microchipping. Basically, microchip is scanned in the unopened package first to make sure that the numbers on the outside match the actual chip. So after I've scanned the animal first to check for a previous chip implantation, meaning I'm not going to put another chip in that dog or cat and especially not put another chip in an animal who really and truly belongs to someone else. It's incumbent upon me to check to make sure. After that, I clean the area. I administer the microchip with a hypodermic, which is a bit larger than an ordinary inoculation needle. So in dogs and cats, it's inserted subcutaneously, which is just under the skin, into the area right between the shoulder blades. You can actually feel between your own and know where it is. In horses, in layman's terms, it's uh, just below the mane on the left side, about an inch and a half down. So it takes about as long for a pet to receive a rabies shot or any other shot. And a competent and thorough technician, Keith, will wait for a short period of time to ensure that the chip wasn't extracted or retracted by the syringe, or it's not still in the syringe, that it's not hung up in the fur, that the chip wasn't expelled by air. So then this pet is rescanned because I'm obsessive about this, about rescanning to make sure and confirm the implantation. And afterward, I always give uh, care instructions avoid rigorous activity. I think this is important because it gives the microchip an opportunity to adhere to the tissue underneath. You want to hear something interesting? Sure. The same material that covers the microchip is and makes it adherent to the tissue is what is used in uh, humans who receive artificial hearts. Wow, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. So after the implantation, then I immediately register or enroll the pet in a microchip registry. Actually, I personally enroll them in three separate registries. Three? Wow. I don't want to take any chances on these guys not being found. You said that there's different registries. Do you recommend one particular microchip registry? Yes, I'm glad you asked that question. Thank you. I recommend the American Kennel Club Reunite Program. 
if I can for a minute, just give you the four reasons why they meet all my criteria for being an exceptional registry. They never charge for changes in address or phone information. They never charge a yearly fee. They participate in the American Animal Hospital Association's pet microchip program, and they provide scanners or readers that are capable of detecting and reading all manufactured microchips. And these are important questions to ask when you choose a microchip provider or registry. And so if I were in some area other than Southern California, if I went to the AKC website, could I find information about uh, microchipping there? Yes. It's uh, American Kennel Club Reunite. Okay. You know, going back to the registry and the microchip, if I adopt a dog, should I get him scanned even though the rescue center may have said that he's been microchipped? Absolutely. And emphatically. I was at a gas station. Oh, do I have time for a little short story? Sure, (laughs) sure. You have plenty of time. Go ahead. I was at a gas station and a gal flagged me down because I had uh, signage on my vehicle. And she said that she had adopted a cat, had taken it to the vet to have it neutered. While she was there, knowing that the cat and had been microchipped and had the paperwork at home, uh, she asked the vet to scan it just because she was there. He scanned it with three different scanners and did not detect a microchip so while at the gas station she asked me if I would follow her home and scan her cat and so I did and lo and behold there was the chip so this is important and I'm glad you brought this up because like I said improper maintenance up-to-date scanners improperly trained personnel can and up-to-date information all these factors lead into a successful or unsuccessful recovery of a pet i myself experienced this the other day in fact sunday when i went to uh, implant and then scan a pet my reader was on i kept scanning and re-scanning and testing other unused unopened chips and I couldn't get a detection. So I dumped out all the batteries, put in fresh new ones, and beep, there it showed up. So it's kind of a spooky thing when you're when you're standing there saying, hi, I just microchipped your pet and blah, 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 but it doesn't show up. Uh-uh. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Now, you know, with the um, spay-neuter is very important to bring down the population of animals and shelters of cats and dogs in particular. But this would probably fall right around there as being an important way to uh, keep the population down because those statistics you mentioned before, I mean, if they're right, and I'm sure they are, would mean that more animals were, companion animals were chipped, there would be fewer ending up in shelters. I agree emphatically. I think, I believe, microchipping your pet isn't, it's a necessity. It's not an accessory. Microchipping together with spaying, neutering, and adopting will exponentially further efforts to avoid euthanization and help us in our communal efforts to save each and every animal. So it really is an animal advocacy issue then, wouldn't you agree? I believe so. I think that sharing this information is important and vital and not sharing information that isn't verifiable or competent or well-researched is just as damaging. Now, I I know one of the reasons you do this, Pam, is because you're an animal advocate. And this is a question I ask all my guests, and is how can you justify spending time and money 
in resources advocating for animals when there's so much human need in the world? Well, to be honest, I don't feel a need to justify advocating for, for any living thing that's incapable of fending for itself as it's incorporated into the world of, of domesticity, whether it's an animal or a newborn human. I think each individual finds the cause that most satisfies him or her in their heart or a condition that might have had a personal effect or impact on their life or a cause to which they're either monetarily, emotionally, or, or voluntarily able to commit to. This just happens to be mine, I think. I truly think every cause has its supporters, and I don't believe any one of them is truly deficit in its support. I also believe that those who support animal advocacy are those very same individuals, Keith, who who will reach out to their fellow man in need. I think it's just the giving heart of animal lovers anywhere. They have an overabundance of concern. And, you know, some individuals feel more comfortable working with a living thing on an instinctual level. Do you know what I mean? And where they don't feel comfortable with human interaction. So I think it's basically all relative. Well, I think, you know, what you said about people who are animal advocates have uh, are willing to reach out to more than just animals. I think that's really true. And it's, it's really the person and uh, what they feel committed to. I think you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, one thing we didn't mention is where can I learn more about your organization and microchipping in general? Oh, I have an overabundance of information on my website. I call it ad nauseum because I think that having too much information actually might be a good thing in this particular case. So I do have a website. It's www.chipit.org. C-H-I-P-P-I-T.org. And we're also visible on Facebook at pet.microchip. So I think that your listeners will get more than what they bargain for if they go there for reading. Now, do you do like multiple animals? Say maybe I, I have a small rescue. Will you go out and help and do, you know, multiple uh, chipping or service like that? Absolutely. I think that'd be very important because then that probably would cut my cost down compared to what I might have to uh, someone else servicing my my small rescue organization or fostering or whatever I'm doing. Oh, sure. I mean, can you imagine? It Sometimes it can be a logistic nightmare having to dump in a, a mom and, you know, seven or eight pups or, you know, a, a 25 cat rescue from, uh, you know, some kind of breeder. You, you tried putting all those in a car and going to a vet. So that's why I decided to make this mobile instead of anything else, because I can reach more people and more people who do care. So, and finding any area I serve on my website is easy because I actually even included zip codes that I service and area codes. So there's really no excuse for not microchipping. And uh, one last question. I think we're running uh, short on time, but what if a listener was interested, say, in Massachusetts in providing a service and wanted to uh, talk to you? Would you be open to that and sharing what you know about this? Yes, 
anything to get these animals safely returned home. Well, that, you know, that's really great because one of the ways to reduce the uh, populations in the shelters is to get those lost pets back to their owners. And when you said one in three pets or dogs are going to be lost during their lifetime and looking at the unchipped return rate of the unchipped dogs, um, boy, this is one great way to uh, cut the um, population down. Pam, thanks so much for being with us today. This has been really interesting, and you certainly are one of Max A. Pooch's awesome animal advocates. And thank you again. Thank you again, Keith. I'm happy to have been able to impart anything that will help encourage people to microchip. We want to thank you, our listeners, for spending your valuable time with us. You're all fantastic, and we hope you tell your friends about awesome animal advocates. And a special thanks to Mark Winter, co-founder and executive producer of Pet Life Radio, and our sponsors for making this episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates possible. I'm Keith Sanderson, host and creator of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, saying thank you to all those animal advocates who work so hard on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. Max A. Pooch gives them five big tail-wagging woofs. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.